Ruth chapter 3. I'm not going to read all those 18 verses and then go back and talk about those 18 verses. Uh, But I want to read Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Ruth 1, 16 and 17. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following thee, for where thou goest I will go. Where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Where thou dost diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. Father, I pray for our marriages today. I pray for our young people who are searching for a mate. I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would be in the midst of our homes and in the midst of courtship. And I pray in the name of Jesus that homes would come together, that broken homes would come back together, and that those who need a touch from you would receive that today. God, we'll thank you and praise you, for we ask it in the name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen. I know you're probably saying I'm tired of these sermons, I'm tired of these messages, and the reason being is because you probably hadn't been to the mercy tree. You know, it's important today that we realize that not everybody is saved. It's important today that we realize that not all husbands and wives are saved and love each other. It's important for us today to realize that a lot of homes, there's strife in the homes where children are afraid for mother or daddy to come home when they get together because all they're going to do is fuss and fight. Okay, suppose you go with me this morning in a home where a husband and a wife every evening is griping and bickering about everything and the, and the children hear this and they grow up hearing all this bickering and griping. Well, they're going to get married and they're going to the bickering and the griping. That's just how it goes. We need to be aware of our children and how they are being raised uh, today. I shouldn't have to tell you this, but over the past 30 years, our society has greatly devalued the word love. Okay? I love my dog. I love my cat. I love my tractor. I love my boat. I love... On and on it goes. But what do you love about it? Oh, I love my boat if it's working right. If it ain't, I hate the thing. I love my motorcycle until it won't crank. You know, I love my dog until it bites me. You know, love is so distorted today. And in that, we see that, that Ruth, she said, entreat me not to leave you. I want to stay with you. Make it an appointment to, hey, I'm like my mate. I won't call her name. She said, I need an appointment. Meaning, hey, she's needing time. And I'm the one to give it to her. I don't want somebody else giving it to her. We need to spend time together. Not only is love distorted, but marriages are. Well, how come you're not married? Well, we're trying to figure out if we we like each other or not. So we're just going to live together. And and after we've lived together for a while, then we're going to decide. I'll tell you exactly what I recently told a couple. I said, y'all need to either get out of the same house or one of you sleep on the couch. They didn't like it. Well, I'm sorry. That's according to God's holy word. If you're doing that, you're committing fornication. That's sex outside of marriage. 
And if you're mad and you're doing it, that's called adultery. And God is sick of it. And so am I. I'm sick and tired of having to deal with it. Now, I can deal with youngins. But adults that know better, I mean, I, I don't understand some people. You know, it's important to make a plan. It's important to make a plan. One lady said, uh, I want to marry four men. Man, said, my goodness, four men. Why four men? So, well, I want to marry a banker. I want to marry an actor. I want to marry a preacher. And I want to marry an undertaker. So, why do you want to do that? Say, well, one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and four to go. I mean, hey, you can, co- you can cover all your bases with that, you know? Hey, one for the money, hey, you got to have money. Two for the show, hey, people like to go to show and be shown. They want to get ready, but they're not sure about that lasting. Four to go. I don't know how many of you have ever seen the movie Bonnie and Clyde. I'm sure some of you have, and, and probably some of you old enough, maybe almost quite not maybe, old enough to remember them. But I remember the scene where they were going down the road in the car, and this man and woman was standing on the side of the road, and stopped and picked them up, and they jumped in, took off down the road, and they were just quiet, wasn't saying a whole lot. And... Uh, Bonnie says, uh, we rob banks. That's what we do. And so they asked them in the back seat, said, what do you do? And the man said, I'm an undertaker. They slammed on brakes, opened the door, and shoved them out right there. You know? People don't want to have nothing to do with death. But listen, death's coming. Sooner or later, Lynn and I are going to be separated only, only, listen, only by death. Now her prayer is we'll go together. Well, that's okay if we do. It's okay if we don't. Because God's in control. It's, it's not my calling. It's His calling. And uh, when I think about this, when I think about love, love is, is, uh, uh, is an act of the will and not the emotions, you know. Whose, whose will is it? Well, I have chosen this person I want to spend the rest of my life with. You remember what I said? You need to marry somebody you can't live without, not somebody you can live with, okay? Not to tolerate, but to love and involve and be in, invest your lives in one another as the two of us and you invest our lives in the Lord Jesus and His work. Well, love is in the air. When we look at Boaz and Ruth, we see a picture of human love. A picture of human love. Now, when I think about this, there are three scenes right here uh, in the Scripture, in, in the book of uh, Ruth, chapter 3. First of all, there was a matchmaking mother-in-law. How about that? A matchmaking mother-in-law. You see, Naomi was concerned. She was concerned um, about her 
uh, daughter-in-law Ruth. In verse 1 of chapter 3, then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? You remember, Ruth was going out working in the fields every day, gleaning for, so they could have food to eat. And uh, Naomi was concerned about her, her daughter-in-law. And so she, she said, I, I want to take care of you. Because, hey, you got to last me. You got to help me. But in the back of Naomi's mind, she had a plan. She had a plan of hooking up Ruth with Naomi. So we see Naomi's concern. We also see Naomi's counsel uh, there in verses 2 and 3. She simply told Naomi, uh, Ruth, she said, Baby, you need to fix yourself up. You've been mourning long enough over the loss of my son and your husband. You need to change your clothes. You don't need to wear black clothes everywhere you go. You don't need to have a long face everywhere you go. That marriage is over with, and you need to hold yourself up. You need to fix your face up. You need to fix your hair. You need to change your dress. Because there's someone out there that's going to be looking at you. She gave her good counsel. Well, Ruth's response is in verse 5. I'll do everything you ask me, she said. I'll do everything you ask me to do. You know, that's what's so amazing. I'll do everything you ask me to do. Now, she knows I'll do anything she asks me to do. I may be slow getting it done, but I'll do anything she asks me to do. When we're in the house together, I'm concerned about us. Where is she? Does she need me? She's the same way. Sometimes she will call for me. Sometimes I will call for her. And so we need each other because we want to do what each other needs done. And so uh, Naomi was, uh, I mean, uh, Ruth was very plain. She said, I'll do, I'll do whatever you uh, ask me to do. You know, that's fully trusting. That's fully trusting. God wants us to fully trust him. We need to say to our Lord, I'll do anything you ask me to do. You know, I was scared to death to make that kind of statement. I was keeping it bottled up inside, and I knew God wanted me to, to preach. I knew he wanted me to surrender to preach, and I'm thinking, I don't want to do that, God. That's not what I want to do. I'm happy where I'm at and what I'm doing. But he said, I'm not happy. I'm not happy with all that's going on. I want you to do this, that, and the other. And until I said, I'll do what you want me to do, I was not fully trusting him. I had no idea what was ahead. I had no idea what was ahead, but I knew who was ahead. I knew who was ahead of me and over me. Well, we see a, a matchmaking mother-in-law, but another scene we see uh, in the Scripture is a midnight meeting in verses 6 and 7. It was an unusual practice. In the Bible days, this was a custom because Naomi told Ruth, said, Now you uh, pay attention to Boaz. Pay attention to where he lays down this evening. Mark the place. Mark the place where he is. And when he's gone fast asleep, you slip in. You uncover his feet. And you lay down, basically, you put your back to his feet. Y'all know how that is. Your feet's like ice. Get them off my back. Golly bum. Now, sometime, listen to this, sometime... I mean, I have my side of the bed, okay? It is my side. Lynn has her side. It is her side. Sometime when I get ready to go, she's on my side. You know why? She's warming the spot. 
I'm serious. Sometime before she gets there, I'm on her side. I'm warm in the spot. She knows and I know cold feet's coming. Hey, get them warm. It's our job. Keep them comfortable. Well, she said, draw this, mark the spot. And when he's fast asleep, you slip in, uncover his feet, and put your back to his feet. It was a custom. Nothing immoral, nothing indecent. It was an act of love. So we also, we not only see an unusual practice, but also there in those same lines in verses 8 and 9, we see an unusual proposal. Ruth basically said, put that skirt over on me and cover me up. I do that. Cover me up. She does that. Cover me up. And it was simply a way of saying, I am yours. I don't belong to anybody else. I've been on many trips. I've been out of this country many times. I've been in motel, hotel rooms by myself. But I've never been anywhere that I would have been embarrassed had Lynn knocked on the door and come into the room. That's the way it needs to be, guys. Fully trusting. Cover me up, she said, with your skirt. That's what the Bible says. With your skirt, cover me up. Because I am yours. Take care of me. Close relative. It was a kinsman redeemer is what it was. Because as we see this story unfolding, we're headed to Jesus Christ. We're headed in that direction. Notice, as we think about an, an unusual proposal, it was a woman proposing to a man. It was a woman proposing to a man. It was a young person proposing to an older person. It was a field laborer proposing to the one that owned the field. It was a foreigner. Ruth was a foreigner proposing to a citizen. Now listen, let me give you another thing about this midnight meeting. It was unusual practice. It was an unusual proposal. But it was also an unusual promise. Verses 10 and 11. Boaz, Boaz praises Ruth for not running after younger men. He praises her for not running after younger men. And, uh, you know, we think about that sometimes. Younger run after the older. Older run after the younger. Oh, he's got a lot or she's got a lot. I want to get to know her or him. I want to get to tied up with him. I want to get obligated here so I can be a part of what's going on in their life. And so, Boaz, in the scripture there, verse 10 and 11, praises Ruth for not running after the young. He says to her, don't you worry, darling. I am going to take care of you. Whatever you request, that's what I will do. Because I want to redeem you from widowhood. Last of all, right there, on, we talk about a midnight uh, meeting. It was an unusual problem. In verses 12 and 13, Boaz says, you know, we're talking about a kinsman redeemer here. She's, he said, now I know there's a closer kinsman also. He said, I know that. So I'm going to say to you, I'm going to give him an opportunity to step forward. But if he doesn't step forward, 
You can count on me. I'm going to be there for you. I will take care of you. In fact, Boaz closes that statement out by saying, as the Lord liveth. In other words, we say, so help me God, I'll do this, so help me God. I promise, cross my heart and hope to die and all this stuff don't mean nothing without having been to the mercy tree of God. It's important that we com commit our lives not only to one another, but we commit our, our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ that we dedicate our children to the Lord and that we train up our children the way oh, the Bible says so when they're old, they'll not depart from it. We can be an influence on one another's husband and wife. We can be an influence on our young'uns. We can be an influence on our grand young'uns and we can be an influence on even our great grand young'uns. Well, a third scene we talked about a matchmaking mother-in-law. We talked about a midnight meeting, but there's also a third scene, and that's a man on a mission. Boaz does two things to confirm this. He protected her reputation. In verse 14, down at the thrashing floor, said, hey, that's where they're going to be. Down at the thrashing floor, a lot of, a lot of uh, bad stuff went on. Prostitutes would go down and proposition the men to sleep with them. And so Naomi says, when we look at there in Ruth, uh, verse 14, it says, And she lay at his feet until the morning. Now listen to what she done. She rose up before one could know one another. And he said, Let it not be known that a woman came into this floor. Also he said, Bring the veil. Bring the veil. Now when we think about that, Boaz did not want Ruth to be exposed to such bad junk, okay? And so, you see, God's the same way. He doesn't want us to be exposed to the junk that's in the world. Now, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I won't have a smartphone one day. You know, if they ever quit making the flip phones... <laughs> then possibly I will have a smartphone, but I'll probably have to go to school to learn to operate it. I mean, uh, this is so funny. I won't tell you who it was because I wouldn't want to embarrass him, but I says to him, I want your name in my phone. I got a flip phone. He has a smartphone. A smartphone, all you got to do is doot, 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 and this, and this, where your thumb slap out. Well, my little flip phone, I just open it up, you know, and you just scroll down there and put in the name and the number. Len knows how to do that for me. Well, I says to him, put your name. I says, put your name in my phone. He opens it up and hits a button or two, and then he starts with his thumbs up here. I say, hey, that ain't going to work on this phone. Oh, well, he starts back down here. First thing I know, he's back up there thumbing the thing again. I said, it's not going to work. Okay. I'm not going to say I will not get a smartphone. I can tell you this, I'm not going to have a computer. I am not going to have a computer. I depend on other computers to help me with my computing. Okay? Because I am afraid that I might pull up something that would excite this mind and that I would fall for it and I would be engaged in something that I could not get out of and that I would be ashamed and I would be uh, 
ashamed to be exposed and it would be an embarrassment not only to my family but to you. So therefore I shall not as long as I have a cell phone. Boaz was concerned for Ruth. He wanted her for his wife. He didn't want her to be exposed to such devilish stuff. So Boaz said, I'm going to pay a dowry. I'm going to pay a dowry to Naomi. And in verse 15 and 17, this is what he did. And he says to to Ruth, bring me the veil that thou hast upon thee and hold hold it out for me. And when she did, he measured six measures of barley and, and laid it on her and said unto and, and she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou, my daughter? And she told her all that the man had done for her. Brought her groceries. Brought her the food. You see, grain was for Naomi as a guarantee of Boaz's intentions. Okay, you gotta, you got to think about this. Ruth came from uh, the Moabites, the devil-worshipping crowd that worshipped a God uh, that, that uh, sacrificed human sacrifices, okay? So Boaz really didn't know her mother, all right? She only knew her mother-in-law. And so, but she was saying, I'm going to take you, Naomi, to be my mother-in-law. I'm going to take care of you. And here's plenty of food. You see, it's a kinsman redeemer. It's kinfolk. So I say that to all of you, especially those of you who are thinking about getting married. Listen, when you say I do to that sweet thing, you're saying I do to her whole family. And when you say I love you to that sweet man, that young boy, you're saying I love all your family. And I question couples when they come. I say, hey, do you like your prospective in-laws? I ask them. Hey, they have an opportunity right there to share. Well, I like, I, like, I like his mother, but I'm not sure about his daddy. Well, baby, you need to get it sured out before you cast your ballot. Not afterwards, because don't have in the mind an idea you're going to change. You know, there are some couples who date, they love each other, they want to get married, but the prospective mother-in-law won't turn loose and let her apron strings just dangle and let the youngin go. They hold up, they hinder. My mama and my daddy, when I announced that Lynn and I were going to get married, they'd never, ever said, are you sure about this girl? Never. I made that choice. I don't know what she said to her mama and daddy, but (laughs) her mama said, you're not going to date somebody that wears overalls. I don't know what that had to do with anything. (laughs) I was born almost wearing overalls. If anybody got my book, there's a two-year-old picture in there that I got my Oshkoshies on. I still wear them. I'm still married and got along well with my mother-in-law. Well, when I think about this story that uh, so beautifully unfolds, I think about the pillars of true love. Naomi's love for Ruth 
And Ruth's trust in Naomi. I also think about the parable of the divine love that was exposed. Each of the following characters represents a prayer in God's loving plan for salvation for you and me. Listen, Naomi, she was a loving parent. Listen now, Naomi, a loving parent, represents God. God loves us. He loves us just like we are, but he can love us better if we're engaged in him. And through the mercy tree of Jesus, he will love us, okay? So Naomi represents God here. She loved Ruth, and she wanted the best for Ruth. Secondly, Ruth represents a lost sinner. Remember, she came from a foreign land. She came from a devil's worshiping crowd, And God led her to be a part of a loving Christian family. Now, Ruth repented of her past in verse uh, verse 3. She said, wash thyself therefore. Clean yourself up. Get yourself right. Because God has a plan for your life. And then we see Boaz represents the Lord Jesus Christ. He was worthy to redeem her. Boaz was worthy. Remember, he was strong. He was rich. He had property. He had all the means, what it took care of to provide for a wife. He was worthy to redeem. Our Lord Jesus today is worthy to redeem you and me from our sin. Also, Boaz was willing to redeem her. He wanted to redeem her. In fact, he told her, even before they got married, all you ask of me, I'll I'll do it. I'll do it. He was waiting to redeem her. He was waiting. But he simply said, if no one else steps forward, tonight or tomorrow, then I will take you to be my wife. You see, God loves us, and he expects us to love others. I can't imagine our home not having love. I cannot imagine it. I'll be honest with you. I'd rather be dead than to know that Lynn did not love me. I admire her. I appreciate her. I trust her fully. When I'm gone from home, if it's a few days or a few weeks, whatever, I don't wonder who's coming there to court her. I know who's coming. Only the Lord Jesus. She's always been there for me. And I trust and know that she'll be there for me till I breathe my last if she outlives me. Why can't people get along? Why can't people love that which God has created? Remember what I said. You might say, well, my marriage is just about to fall apart. Well, hang in there the best you can because in heaven, there'll be no marriages. Don't have to worry about it then. I didn't say you wouldn't know each other, but the Bible's plain. It says there'll be no marriages in heaven. But above all this, if you have bypassed, listen, if you have bypassed the mercy tree, you're in trouble. You're on a bypass that's only going to lead to hell. You're gonna, that bypass will only lead you not only to hell, but it'll lead you into a place where there are no exits. It's going to lead you into a place where the devils are there waiting on you to come. I beg you today, if you don't know the Lord Jesus, come to the mercy tree. Come to the cross of Christ. Accept him as your Savior before it's too late. And you, if you'll do that, 
and make God the promise you're going to follow him every day of your life, you will meet the person he wants you to marry. And the person you're already married to, it'll become sweeter and sweeter. I don't care whether you've been married one year, six months, or 70 years. It will become better than what you could ever imagine if he is first and you come to the mercy tree. Father, in the name of Jesus. Touch hearts, touch lives. Boy, God, I ask you to touch our marriages in a special way, Lord. May we be drawn closer together. And I pray for our young couples that's seeking a mate. Maybe they've already found it and they haven't decided to get married. God, I pray for them. I pray that they would seek you. I pray that they would receive encouragement from their parents. Hey, if this is the one... You have our blessings. We're not telling you when to get married. We're offering our blessings to you. Lord, help our parents to be aware and alert as to what's going on in the lives of our youngins. Lord, I ask you if there's any loss, God, I pray that you draw them to this altar this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.